Every corner you turn in El Paso and Ciudad Juarez, you are bound to see a statue of Our Lady of Guadalupe, a peaceful Catholic mother watching over the sister cities. She resides in grocery stores, church entrances, and front lawns. Mother Mary transcends languages, and whether you are a visitor or a native, Mexican or American, religious or non-religious, she is a constant reminder of the Catholic presence. We see faith play a large role in the practice of Monsignor Arturo Banuelas, Ruben Garcia, and Carlos Marentes, who draw on their Catholic identity to enter the experience of the immigrant as an extension of themselves. They embody the notion of solidarity and urge those around them to act with resistance. In Catholicism, the Gospel teaches, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them, which suggests that the teachings of the Church do not stop and start at its doorways. Catholics are called to express their faith in public through action. For some of the people we met in El Paso, prayer without practice is insufficient. The saying says, Tu eres mi otro yo. You are my other self. Tu eres mi otro yo. And I think that's very important today in a society that accepted divisions as normal, separations as normal. When we met Monsignor Arturo Banuelas, he was humbly dressed in a priest collar. Behind his desk hung a photograph of Pope Francis and paintings of St. Oscar Romero and Cesar Chavez. I was born in a little town outside El Paso, but all my priesthood has been here. The border is a different situation than most places in the country. And so to live here, you have a different perspective. So because St. Mark's is situated on the border, it is immersed in the experience of the immigrant. When it was founded in 1993, the church celebrated Mass in its small living room space. The parish grew quickly and welcomed members of the community, regardless of immigration status. Now the church focuses both on inviting community members inside its doors and pointing its ministry outward. You don't come to Mass to be Catholic. You go serve to be Catholic. The world is hungry for meaning, and we need to be a credible presence in this community. At the bottom of the statue, what does that plaque say? Send me your poor, your tired. Send me the wretched refuse. That was Ruben Garcia. As founder of the Annunciation House, he is on the front line of the immigration crisis. His shelter serves hundreds of migrants each day through hospitality, advocacy, and education. The reason why hospitality is, to me, such a constitutive element of the evolution of value is because it's not until you actually arrive at the point that you are free internally to place a plate of food before a hungry person. That radically changes you. This organization is called the Border Agricultural Workers Project, and I'm one of the founders, Carlos Marentes. The Border Agricultural Workers Project is a resource center for migrant laborers. While many of the center services focus on meeting the material needs of migrants, Carlos also emphasizes the importance of building solidarity among marginalized communities to move them toward collective action and empowerment. So why the most important economy in the planet, you know, exploit farm workers? 
So one explanation is because they are migrants. They are different. You know, we don't see migrants as human beings. We see migrants as the cheap labor of America. We've been, uh, we are very active in the issue of the protection of the rights of immigrants. And what we do is we try to organize the immigrants so they can protect themselves. My nephew was killed in Mexico. He was on vacation with his mother. He was ambushed. Six cars were ambushed. And the, and the people just came, um, just you know, spraying bullets. And so he was killed. We started the immigrant ministry to visit immigrant homes and they named it after Rico. He was very active in the parish. He was a lively kid. He was, uh, he was a flirt with every girl kind of guy, you know, and, and he was uh, good at school. He was very good. Kids loved him. He was Mr. Social. In this ministry, solidarity stems from a place of shared pain. Rather than allowing trauma to turn the sights of the parish inward, the acknowledgement of a shared sorrow connects the parish to the larger community outside of itself. We try to create an environment of family because we know that they're traumatized by not being with their families. They don't know where their father is, where their mother is. And so we provide a little friendship, a little convivencia, uh, familia with them as much as we can, you know. And then we try to hear their stories, which is very painful, but it gives them a, a space. They're a blessing to us. They really do become teachers. You know how we say the poor teach us? They really do. Not because they give us a catechism lesson, but because they open us up to new ways of thinking and new ways of being. And, and why not? And to the, the majority of the population that want to do something for immigrants, uh, they see immigration um, with, uh, with lenses of compassion, you know. We think that is uh, the right thing to do to help immigrants. Uh, we see immigrants in a different way. We see immigration as an act of resistance. You know, by seeing them as people who are resisting to disappear, you know, we are giving them as a role of subjects, of protagonists. Carlos's work isn't about advocating on behalf of someone else. After decades of working with the most vulnerable members of his community, he remains committed to the slow daily struggle of building power together. When we begin to organize here in the 1980s, we have this idea, very idealistic idea, that we will organize the workers, we will form committees, we will uh, organized actions of pressure, labor stoppages, demonstration marches against the industry, the agriculture industry. And then, you know, we will build so much pressure that the industry will one day will say, yes, let's negotiate. And then, you know, we will improve the salary, the working conditions. Maybe we will sign a contract, an agreement, a collective bargaining agreement, and that will be the end of the story. Everybody will live happy after that. However, life don't work that way. You know. Uh, in the morning you wake up and you go with the best faith 
the best intentions and you wish your struggle of that day. And at the end of the day, you either have won or lost that struggle. So the next day, you start all over again. And you keep struggling until you, you know, until you die. You know. So you, well, you don't remember because you were too small, but you were fighting, you were resisting, you know, in the womb of your mother because you don't want it to come out. You were, you know, <laughs> you were in a good place, in a nice place. You know, they were carrying you, your mom was carrying you you know, feeding you, uh, singing you, you know, and you don't want it to come to this world. So, from the moment you are born to the moment you die, you struggle in a different way. Just interact with human beings. Interact with these refugees. Welcome them. Hear their stories. Find why they left. I promise you there will be an existential change in who you are. And, and, and you're gonna say, you know what? I don't know how we take care of what could be hundreds of thousands. I don't know how we do that, but I know what we cannot do. We cannot deny the humanity of these people. If I do that, I'm gonna die inside. I'm gonna die, there's gonna be nothing left in me. That's what solidarity does to you. It gets you out of your comfort zone, see? And then it puts you in a place where you start asking questions about yourself that you wouldn't ask while you're shopping, see? And, and some of the questions you ask are, does my lifestyle have anything to do with your suffering? See, and that's solidarity, and that's transformative. And that's what's going on. And all these people were like, wow. See, I want to do more because they found some meaning in their lives. And then it's when you have those kind of experiences and that kind of community, then the challenge to be prophetic, the challenge to see social justice, the challenge is to get out of the pew and you know, go live in the margins, becomes a, a, a credible presence of the church and society. And so, I mean, that's what excites me about ministry in this community. Each day, Monsignor Banuelas encounters stories of pain and separation from his parishioners who confide in him. Despite the gravity of the stories, he keeps fighting and remains hopeful. He shared with us a story that paints the humanity of his work and the resilience of the Fronterizas. There was a young woman here. She was abused on her way here, and she got pregnant. And, um, and yeah, I mean, she just struggled with the pregnancy. This is an innocent young kid. Never had sex, you know, it comes from a very conservative Catholic family, good homes, stuff, Guatemala. Anyway, so she had her baby and stuff. And um, we baptized the baby. <coughs> and she named the baby Hope. And so I said, uh, why did you come? Why did you go through all of this? Why don't you go home? You know, why did you come? And she said, because God has a better plan for my baby. I was like, wow. 
she has hope. In spite of everything else, she dreams of a time of hope against hopelessness. How can I not support that? How can I not be inspired by this immigrant who went through the worst things in her life? Fear, loneliness, trauma, abuse, sexual abuse, uh, not knowing what her future was going to be like, not knowing what's going to happen to her, fear of being killed, and all those kind of struggles that she went through by herself at a young age. And then comes and I ask her, why are you doing all of this? And she says, because I know God has a better plan for me and my baby. How can I not be inspired? Solidarity isn't about offering a kind gesture, and it often does not provide instant gratification. Solidarity is a way of living and being in a relationship with those around you, regardless of their documents or citizenship. You don't ask questions when offering solidarity. You cannot pick and choose whom to welcome. You must dig inside yourself and recognize that when someone else suffers, you suffer too. This is America the Borderland, a Moral Courage Project. In our next episode, join us in the dried-up bed of the Rio Grande for Hugs Not Walls, an event in collaboration between Border Network for Human Rights and Border Patrol, where separated families were reunited on the border for three minutes. Yo me siento bien feliz de verlo porque yo nunca he visto a mi abuelito y a mi abuela así. I'm Myra Baeza. This episode was written by Elise McMahon and engineered by Tom Amrine, with music by the Chamanas, and special thanks to Manuel Calderon. Our producer is Joel Pruce, and our associate producer is Rachel Carr. Find us across social media platforms and online at americatheborderland.org. <laughs>